You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of The Elevator's Cut. We're glad you're here and listening and still downloading. I am one of your hosts, Jason Wheeler. And I'm the other host, Roger Gaddis. Still downloading. Must have slow interwebs. (laughs) We we have uh, a special episode for you today in light of the harvest season upon us and and what's gone on this year and how to handle that because... uh, like like every year in agriculture, it's a unique, unique year, and it's pretty unique this year. And we want to we want to delve into that. How how is the farmer how is the farmer handling the situation with the low prices and the difficulty of getting four contracts on all that stuff? So so that's that's our delving topic of the day. Are we going to do all that in thirty minutes or less? We'll try. We'll, wow. We will do our best. You have set the bar high for us. I know. We now here at the elevators cut. We're we're glad. Of course, we, we also have Randy uh, sitting in with us, making uh, faces and hand motions at us to help us through this episode. But but the big thing we've done today, our our uh, studio has become ADA acceptable because Roger has had surgered his. Shoulder. Is that how you say it? I didn't surgery it. I got surgered. Okay. So he's a little he's he's uh he's limping around here on his arm somehow. I don't know. Anyway, so so that's a that's a, that's a treat for us. But but we uh before we, we delve too deeply here, we wanted to uh Roger had a special shout out section yeah, he'd like shout to shout out uh, and we, we should have been doing this all along. Uh, but we just had a, a, a flurry, if you will, of activity recently on our uh, Elevators Cut Twitter feed. So we wanted to give a shout out to some people. Uh, up first, Brett S. Bomb. He had the uh, the gif of the guy playing leg air guitar. It was great. He said, this is what I think of every time I hear this sweet, sweet intro music. So, uh, And so do we, um, although it may be other body parts and legs. But we do play air guitars in here sometimes. <laughs> uh, also give a shout out to Steve Deaton. Uh, for following and, and a good uh, commentary and, and solid gifts. We like gifts over yeah. here. And that's a guy I've met in person. Cool customer. Yeah, we know guy. that guy. Yeah. And uh, here recently, Cody, Cody Wallstrom uh, was replying to someone else on there. I was asking, hey, what kind of ag podcast should I listen to? And so we were fortunate enough to be mentioned along with some other sterling examples of what the ag industry is putting out in terms of things to put in your ears. Uh, so we appreciate that very much, and we don't have anything to give you other than our sincere and heartfelt thanks. I did call and leave a voicemail to Benjamin Nothing, asking him if he would mention us on Twitter so that we could give him a shout out, uh, but I have yet to hear back. Good stuff. Now, over the last several months, we know those are not the only guys that have shouted us out and recommended us to people when asking about podcasts and and you guys have done that, and we really appreciate everybody doing that. And from now on, we will try to do some shout-outs occasionally. So thank you for those in the past, and we're sorry we're not shouting you out this particular episode, but we'd, we'd love to. So just just keep, uh, keep throwing our names out there, right? Yes. So what are we talking about today? It's um, 
I already told you. You said Roger. a bunch of things. Try and pay attention. Um, but how are we going to get into this? So here's my thoughts. <clears throat> Roger and I actually had somebody come up uh, to our office here in beautiful Kansas City, and and we spent I don't know a few hours uh, talking through this stuff. And and uh, like Roger said, we we only got half an hour to do it. So we'll we'll uh, summarize a bit for you. But basically, w- here here we are this year. Everyone knows what's happened, right? We had decently. Strong prices early, but earlier than usual, and then the market tanked for whatever plethora of reasons <coughs> you may think it did. It did, and there's no denying that. So how now do we handle it? Because what, what we've seen is, from the elevator level, farmers have not sold as much as normal. Uh, the farmers that, that genuinely are believers in forward contracts and want a forward contract were not able to do it this year. Uh, at least not to the extent of normal. And now prices are much lower. Yeah, like contract lows on these today or something, right? Right. Harvest harvest is upon us pretty soon, depending on where you are. And w- what are the alternatives now? What should people be doing now? And, and as always, this is the elevator's cut. We're going to talk about it from the elevator's perspective, but also, also the farm perspective, because those two should work well together and I don't I don't think we need a lot of secrets between the two. Uh so let's get it out there what's best for everybody involved. So so we'll, we'll speak to everything try to try to speak to it from from both sides. Sure. So, you know, at least from the elevator's perspective, um looking at merchandising pathways going forward here if you will from harvest through into to 2020. Um, the market right now is telling us, well, one, if you've got wheat on hand, you better get rid of it because it's, 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 it's a disaster. There's no carries at all unless you've got them set ahead, which, hey, kudos if you did. So then you should be empty for fall harvest, right? So that's good. That's, that's step one. Step two, um, beans. No one's bought any beans yet, of elevator end user. I mean, to speak up for new crop, I mean, it's like, you talk to any elevator out there, they've got the lowest amount of forward bookings of beans on of in, in, in recent memory, at least. It's just hardly anything. Everybody's been so focused on corn, beans have kind of got gone by the wayside. So the idea is producers are probably going to sit on beans again this year like they did last year and things like that. Uh, but for the elevator, the beans probably right now are showing to have the best margin potential going forward. And which is strange because we haven't been in this kind of environment but a couple of years here where there's big carries in the bean market and it make it makes sense to pay your know, basis looking like it's going to be low maybe historically low as we get into harvest this fall and for the elevators that can get it bought those are good levels the spreads are looking really good your know, basis doesn't have to do a whole lot of work when we get out to the first part of next year or next summer you know to let loose them there's probably some good margins to be made on the other hand corn listen if you're an elevator and you didn't get a whole lot of corn booked early on in the rally back in the spring at low or normal basis levels for harvest, it's going to be tough to carry corn. At least spreads have come back here recently uh, to give us some good opportunity there for sure. Um, but in a lot of markets, this old crop basis is pushing into new crop. And, you know, the thing is when you start out towards the high end of the basis curve on harvest, basis doesn't, doesn't have to do a whole lot of work the rest of the year you know you've seen most of its appreciation up front it's like the thing phil put out you know it's we get trapped in that mindset of if it's this good now just think how good it'll be later yeah Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I guess if you hold it long enough, you're right, but uh, that might be, include holding everything till next September. You know, so uh, it seems like um, for for the stuff going into harvest, that's kind of the order it goes. Uh, and then, so as the elevator, then uh, you have to decide how to approach your farmers and giving them the alternatives that create a win-win for you and them both. And I think that's what we'll get into now is, is what, how do you structure that? How do you have that conversation? Yeah, and, and, and we know listeners here – you may be listening from an area where you where you do have a, a decent crop and there is is uh, plenty to go around, or you may be listening to. So that's going to inform your decision and how you handle it for sure. If you're in one of those areas that has a short crop, your space will be competing for grain, and it's going to be hard for basis to to get real low and you to buy a bunch of grain, and it's also going to be hard for you to be a real stickler on any of your policies because you know, there's, there's not that much grain to go around. So, uh, so that, that could definitely be an issue for other places that has grain and it's probably going to be more of a traditional year as far as volume handled. Um, then you do have some options in, in how you do that. And, and that, that's like the conversation Roger and I had yesterday. We, we got an area, there's going to be crop and, and there are some buyers in the area that, are normally there that have that have exited which a lot of you folks are seeing around ethanol places that mm-hmm. have that have shut down and stuff so I, I guess the different areas will will handle it differently but you know and I, I you know some of these places are some of these markets are going to get hammered on stuff like you said the policy one of choice then user goes to free dp at harvest through next october which some places are already offering in indiana here um golly how do you compete for that how do you how do you protect your margins as an elevator when the local market is offering free DP in a fairly substantial carry market? It's just, it's tough, man. It's just tough. Yeah. So let's talk about a few of the main, the the standard alternatives uh, that are going to be available in most markets. And maybe not all these are available uh, to everybody, but but these are the, the most common ones. We're not going to get into the the crazy, you know, Freedom uh, Fighter Twos, Freedom Fighter Twos, and stuff you. like that. But so, so uh, Roger, we were talking about yesterday about cash flow needs and how yeah. a farmer needs to to kind of cover that uh, first. So, can you speak a little to what you were saying? Yeah. So essentially, you know, as as the buyer, you know, whether farmer, um, elevator, or, or end user, whatever, doesn't matter. If you're, if you're the primary buyer of grain. And you get yourself here at harvest and, uh, you know, we're still a month or so away. So there's hope that something will happen and something will get tweeted. The market will go up, but we'll see. Uh, barring that, you're going to have to have this conversation with, with your producers come harvest of what are you going to do with this grain? Because the free time is over. Uh, that is marketing before harvest. So there is going to be some cost associated with marketing grain after harvest if guys choose not to sell it across the scales, which can't blame them. We're at pretty low prices. But what do you do? And um, instead of just word vomiting every contract you offer out there to your producers, there's a time and place and there's a flow to that conversation. And so you kind of start out with the, we already know the producer needs to sell grain, so you don't need to ask if he needs to sell stuff. That's a given. So now it, now it becomes a matter of cash flow. In my mind, a cash flow. If you've got something to sell, great. Now to narrow down the options of what we're going to talk about contract-wise, let's look at cash flow. Do you need cash flow? If the case is yes, well, we go down this path. If the case is no, we go down this other path. 
Um, but that's kind of where it starts, you know, as opposed to let's talk about all the other things. Let's talk about what really matters. And I think that's probably on the high end of things for most guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this year we do have MFPs coming through and what well, Roger, you, you said the other day was it's like a prepaid storage or something. Yeah. That's all that is. It's just house money, man. It's unfortunately, that, that's but, what it's shown to be. Yeah. So that's going to help with, with cash flow. uh, for guys, at, at least to some extent, and then, but then it's a plan of, hey, when are you going to need cash flow, and and how much, and 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 try to go down that line. So a, f- a few of the the contracts we like to talk about from from all angles today is is yeah, well, one we we already did just you can sell it across the scale that'll give you cash flow all that. A minimum price contract, some people call it a stay in the market contract, but uh, that's that sort of thing where you where you give yourself a floor. But you have some ups. You have upside that way. Then basis contracts, and uh, and then this is another one. Depending on where you are, NPE, no price established, delayed price, price later. Uh, so DPPL, all, all those. They're they're all <laughs> called the the different, but they they all mean it's like a storage contract. But the elevator gets gets legal title to the grain and can ship it. Uh, but it but. For the farmer, usually there's a fee, a monthly fee, and they mm-hmm. and they like storage, yeah. and you and you wait and you price it whenever. So it's it's like storage in that sense. So it, it's structured again, and I think the way we went down this this path was it structured in the form of you have to the producer as far as uh, cash flow, and then after cash flow comes cost. Um, you know what are you getting for your money? If you got to, if we all agree, there's some cost to push the marketing deadline past harvest. Uh, shouldn't we try to get the most out of that cost that we can? And and then from the elevator side, of course, we're looking at it from an angle of we want harvest basis ownership. And then we work down from there. And it just so happens those two things pair up very nicely. Very nicely. Again, granted, all fees and uh, charges are structured correctly. That's a that's a big thing. So, you know, like Jason said, cash is cash is the first option. Just sell it and be done. Can you do that? Are your yields good enough where the cash price is to be profitable? Some places absolutely it is, usually in the lower latitudes of the US, but as you go north mm-hmm. that picture changes. Uh in the east that might be the case this year that it is too, even with the low just because their basis is high. So you got cash. If you don't have to pay more money for this crop, why would you? Barring that, we roll down to the second thing, which you said, minimum price contracts. Um, so it's cash price less the cost of staying in the market for however many months, you know. And you tie that to a call option or, you know, there's multiple ways of doing it. But anyway, you've got that. So the elevator still has basis ownership, harvest basis ownership. The farmer has a floor because you've paid him and he can't take any less. You've already paid him. He's still in the market if futures rally. Then after that, we go to basis contract. Which again, elevator's got basis, good for you. Now for the producer, basis contracts are free to get into. And if you if he never rolls them, they're free, period. But the deals with a harvest basis contract, let's say corn versus dece, history isn't very um, opportunistic as far as, uh, uh, doesn't have many opportunities traditionally for futures to rally between, say, now and end of November when Dece rolls. So if you look today, the Dece March spreads roughly $0.13. So if the idea is that the producer is going to roll that on out to the March and try to see what happens between, you know, that time and February, there's his cost. 
the 13 cent roll is the cost in that basis contract because this basis will now be adjusted downward by that 13 cents. Yeah. And so from the so on, that's how carry markets affect basis. Basis always gets lower going forward in a carry market. Doesn't matter if it's bought or sold. That's, that's just how it is. That's how the math works out. So, you know, there's the cost. And you can have that conversation with the producer ahead. Say, look, if you want to do a basis contract, here's what it would be versus the March now if you decide to roll in a couple months. It might change, but here's where that picture is now. Are you comfortable with that? If you're a 40 under the Dece now, are you comfortable with a 53 under later? Or versus May or July, whatever it is. And then lastly, at the very end, is that unpriced option. We don't like talking about storage here, so we're not. But we'll talk about MPE price later. And that is no floor. Producer has a fixed cost per month. And usually there's a drop charge to get you from harvest to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got nothing for your money other than you're paying the elevator for the right to not price. That's all that is. Yeah. That's all it is. You get nothing else on the downside. Um, so, you know, what we were talking about yesterday was – comparing the costs of each of those to help the producer make the decision. Yeah, and, and how I, I looked at it is, so we, we kind of have four there, right? Cash, just sell across the scale, uh, minimum price contract, basis contract, or your storage price later um, option. Now, <clears throat> the, the highest, from the farmer standpoint, the highest guaranteed price you can get, the absolute highest guaranteed price is that a cash contract? That yes. sounds sounds weird to say because everybody thinks I put on storage and get a higher price later. But the, there's no guarantees as because we also all all know that the market can go either direction. So that the guaranteed absolute best case scenario and and the most cash flow and all that stuff I can sell it right ahead. All, Le- all this stuff least you, amount of cost because there's zero cost. Yep, you have but you you have the option to defer money if you wanted for cash flow if if you know for taxes and all that junk. That, that's true of all these contracts. You can you can treat the money however you want to get it. But anyways, so that's the absolute highest possible price you can get. Uh, the the rest is is kind of theoretical, right? A basis contract, a storage contract, nobody knows. Uh, minimum price, however, is is good. One, it it's very good for cash flow because typically you just get whatever that floor is, the elevator just pays you. That, that much money. And then you get any improvement in whatever futures month you, you base it off of. So you have until the end of February to get any improvement in the March futures. That's just yours. It, starting day one, any penny it goes up, you can get it. And it works pretty well with corn in that you can compare it to what you would have to pay otherwise to mm-hmm. not have it. Right? Because think about it. You're going to bring it in at harvest. If you're not going to sell today, there, you know, we get it. Price is low. If you're not going to sell it today, you're going to, and you've delivered it to the elevator, what are you going to do? You're not going to price it. Well, the default, unfortunately, for most people is a storage or a price later type of type of contract. And that one incurs a fee. Usually it's a drop charge, like Roger was talking about, say 15 cents till December 31st or something like that. That's standard. You know, it, for beans last year on the river, it was like fifty cent drops. Mm-hmm. So, so they can they can be all over the map. But but say say fifteen cents at the end of the year. Well, a minimum price contract, you can you can pay. You know, a lot of times with corn, it's cheaper than that, and you get till March, uh, let's say, or into February for a, for a March option. So, um, 
and, and, and you get the ca- positive cash flow that you would not get. If you do NPE, you don't get any money until you price it. You do a minimum price, it's cheaper, you get more time, and you get money up front. So what are what's our what's our difference? We've I've worked with elevators to, that to some extent said that is our our price later program this year. Because it's just so mm-hmm. it's so much obvious. Because a lot of people are like, I don't want to be paying for options because you know, all those they usually expire worthless. Well, sure, they do, but you are if you're not gonna do that, you're and you're gonna put it on NPE, you're gonna pay more and have no protection, no right. downside protection right. and no cash flow. So what do you, you know, when you, it, I get it. I get that. Yes. Most of them expire words. So you don't want to have that cost. If that's your argument, you need to sell it. Yeah. Just you need done. to sell across the scale. And that's the other thing to look at is, is a cost comparison, not just between contract options, you know, minimum price cost out to the March or the May, whatever you choose to do, however, whatever your gut's telling you when it's going to rally, you know, there's an option for that. Um, versus, the cost of price later storage versus the cost of the rolls for the like period of a basis contract. So even comparing uh, between those, but then also how does that cost of each of those alternatives relate to that producer's expectations of a rally? Mm-hmm. If it costs you the producer 20, say 20 cents on a minimum price contract on corn from today on a, on a March at the money call i think it's a little cheaper now but let's just say for easy math 20 cents his implied opinion is then that well we're going to rally more than 20 cents for here going forward and so as the as the originator at the elevator you, you tell them to say look okay we can do this but this is pretty well what you're saying do you agree with this if they say oh i don't think it'll rally that much you should not be doing it. You should just right. sell and be done. But if you do, then, hey, great. How much do you want to know? Or how much do you think it'll rally? And then you tack that amount on top, and that's the target for the exercise of the minimum price portion of that contract. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation that needs to happen. We, we, you know, Those of us that's written those contracts, if we don't get that target for where that guy wants to get out, it doesn't happen. He'll get busy doing something else in the spring or – you know, without a target, that you're just essentially saying, I choose not to participate in the overnight markets, which is a huge mistake. And and we get to expiration, and maybe it's gone up and come back down, and it's worth nothing, you know, so it's wa- it's wasted opportunity. Um, the contracts still work. They sold grain before the market went down if it tanked and it expired worthless. But, again, we, we want people to get the most out of it if they're going to go into this thing. Yeah, the truth is a, a lot of, of, of farmers come into – to harvest and they well some, some have marketing advisors that are just telling them hey do this do this thing do this thing basis is this hta is that whatever uh they they're recommending they're just doing that but a lot of them come in and they're they're trying to figure out and and they maybe look to the grain merchandiser buyer there at the elevator of of what's what's my alternatives and a lot of times because merchandisers are in it every day they just gloss over a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't get in, and and the guys just like, well, I don't understand. So I mm-hmm. guess just put it on storage, or, which is you the know. worst for both parties, right? And and so that's the that's the unfortunate thing. So I, I'd recommend if you're listening to this podcast, you're a merchandiser, an elevator, or or, or a farmer that's going to be delivering to an elevator, understand what the what the marketing alternatives are if it's harvest hadn't happened yet because what happens is it's hey we're delivering we're going and it's blowing and going and now what do i do mm-hmm. Ugh, 
well, we should have we should have had a plan before this. It's hard to explain all this stuff to you now because you're trying to get back to the field. Let's you know, let's go. So I put something out, put a primer out, some sort of just one page thing to all your customers that that say, Hey, here are the alternatives and here's a comparison of the mm-hmm. cost. And I'd like I'd love to talk more about it. please call me so we can have a plan going into harvest and I know what to when you bring it in here, I know what kind of contract to put it mm-hmm. on and everything, yeah. you know. Uh, that that's a, a good idea that I would highly recommend you guys doing it. And, um, and it, it, like Roger saying, it helps everybody to do, to, if you, if you have a full understanding of it, like the minimum price thing, if I have a full understanding that that would be crazy to put it on an NPE or a storage when I can get all the upside and downside protection with, with less cost and you know, all this stuff that takes a five or 10 minute conversation, but but everyone's better off mm-hmm. because, and, and so I say everyone, obviously the farmer th- side's pretty obvious there. The other side for the elevator, these four alternatives we're talking about, three of those four allow the elevator to get harvest. And that's the, that's the way you make an elevator makes the most money in a, in mm-hmm. a year is by D- owning more harvest basis. Despite some opinions out there, elevators don't make all their money by charging fees. That's just, yeah. uh, you know, but that's the only two ways to make money in elevators, either basis trading or charge fees for your space. And I think we'd all rather basis trade. You know, then there was a question uh, on ag Twitter. Oh, it's been a couple of weeks ago, but the guy said, I don't understand why elevators don't want to, don't want to do storage for people anymore. And it's like, well, for one, as the elevator, your hands are tied. You cannot merchandise those bushels. You don't get to take advantage of any carries if there are any in the market. Your space is tied up logistically until that producer sells. And in most cases, elevators aren't in environments where they can charge enough for the value of their space. If the value of that space for carrying, let's say, hard wheat out in West Kansas is 70 cents between spreads and bases over a 12-month period, and the elevator's charging three cents a month, that's 36 cents, that's half. That's half. And the tragedy is... With the cheap storage, elevator gets very little benefit out of that. But then when, when the producer does price, let's hope he hit a high, but he may not. He may end up having to sell to pay a bill at a low price. So yeah. it's done him no good to have cheap storage. The elevator's just going to then take that three cents a month and a back-to-back margin and get rid of the stuff. Yeah. So it it sends a, it's a bad price signal. You know, it, these charges, these fees should be structured based on what the marginability of the bin space is a hundred percent, but yeah, unfortunately but, it's, it's not. Yeah. Competition doesn't always allow for it and, and all that. So traditionally, and just like we went through yesterday with this, with this customer of ours is you, you look at, okay, here's what your margin potential is. If you bought grain at harvest and basis traded it, and here's what you would get in fees. And it's always less to mm-hmm. in fees. So that's why, that's why we say, yeah, I don't. I don't want fees. I'd rather base trade because the the margin potential is more, and I get it from the market. I don't get it by charging my customer. They don't want to take it out of the farmer's pocket. They don't want to take it out of the community's pocket. They'd rather just be trade the market, and and uh, and it helps everybody a lot better. And one other thing on basis contracts is, of course, you you do set the basis, obviously, and from a farmer standpoint, you are setting. The lowest basis of the year. Talk about how elevators make the most money by buying basis at, at harvest. You, you're doing that. You're you're taking that lowest basis of the year, and it doesn't get get better uh, 
barring some big inverses out into the into the distant future. But uh, especially this year, we're talking about this year, there's carries in all the markets, pretty good ones. And you take a basis contract, you roll it forward. And, and, and Rogers, Rogers said this earlier, you know, you take the 13 cents off the first roll, another 14 cents off the next roll. Well, before you know it, your basis is a dollar under July. And you people do it because it's like, well, there's no fees on basis. Con- we just set the basis and I don't have to pay any fees. Okay, I do it. Well, what's your fee? Well, when you come in in May and you, and the prices are better and you're like, yeah, I, I think it's time to sell. And the elevator's posted at 52 under and your contract is a dollar under, you know, because maybe you've had 48 cents of rolls a lot, but maybe it's not. We get the point. But you, yeah, you get it. It's your, and you say, what the heck, you know, I, I thought is your board price today and I would get way less just, well, that's, that's the cost. And as Roger always says, the basis reflects on the bushel reflects when it was brought. You bring it at harvest time. That is the time storage is in most, uh, in the needed the most. And so that's, that's the highest charge for, for that storage space. And you bring it in May. Yeah. Well, sure. There's storage yeah. space everywhere. You get that ro- point. You roll it into a thousand carries. It would, it would still reflect that harvest. <laughs> like Jason right. said, the inversion is the only thing that changed that. It would get bigger, but you know, at least this year, uh, barring <laughs> wheat anyway, <laughs> but, uh, corn and bean wise, that's not going to happen. It's just going to keep getting, it's going to keep getting lower for you. You know, and again, for the elevator, you're fine. You, you bought harvest basis. You've got it. You merchandise it, you spread it, you sell it, however you need to do it. You're protected. But here's the thing though, and this is a point of contention on policies is some elevators probably, I don't know of any particular, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that doesn't allow any basis rolls. You know, hey, if you said it versus D's for harvest delivery corn, it's got to be priced by first notice day, end of November. Uh, and the other end of the spectrum is we will let you roll this until the second coming of Christ. You know, whatever it is, they will let you roll. And, you know, and then there's a lot of people in between there at different points. You know, sometimes it's fiscal year in, mm-hmm. which we talked about that once before. So all these other things that come into play. I would contend that as the buyer, especially at the country elevator, for customer relation reasons, to have, consider anyway, putting a limit on how many rolls you allow. And the argument yeah. is out there, well, we're all adults. I get that. But uh, do you see what adults in this world do all the time? It's yeah. crazy. Adults do some really nutty <laughs> things. So, you know, why allow someone to kick the can that far or, you know, whatever euphemism you want to use, hang yourself with more rope, whatever it is, consider putting an end to that thing. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't help you make you any difference from the merchandising standpoint, the elevator, but from a customer relations standpoint, to let a guy roll a contract into 48 cents worth of carries and his base has gotten it lower. That is... Even if he understands completely going into the situation, that is not going to be a fun conversation to have when he comes in to price that out at all. That's exactly right. So from the farmer standpoint, understand that you might be getting yourself into a situation like that. And the the buyer should at least try to have that conversation with them up front. That that's what that, that could become is you're rolling the carries or basis improvement and all that stuff, but you don't get it because you're locked into today's basis, all that stuff. Um, so from the farmer standpoint, you should understand that that there is a cost to to basis contracts. A lot of guys think there is none because there's not a fee necessarily, but that is the cost. And secondly, like Roger was saying, from the elevator standpoint, this 
this is a relationship issue. As we all know, that's the most important thing in this business is, is having a good relationship there. And I've known guys that have offered these in the past and they get into a situation like this and they say, I will never do basis contracts again. They're not worth it. And I've guys that I know call them, Hey, that's just a good way to lose a customer. That's what basis contracts are synonymous to them with. Mm -hmm. And they won't do it. And it's because of that. And so if you're going to do it, (laughs) yeah, put a limit on the roles. Um, make sure you're having proactive conversations, make sure the guy's doing it. You're very sure they understand and can be mature about it. If, uh, if things go, go that way, that that's our, that's our word of caution to you. Yeah. And there's, you know, I know we're kind of really harping on the basis contracts here, but, uh, again, as a service, you could go out using a corn example and, and look, there's 29 cents a carry at the July today from D's. If you're 20 under the D's harvest basis, you can tell a farmer, say, look, you could be 49 under the debt today, 49 under July, and there'll be no rolls. That's it. We'll lock it in today. You take the current spreads. If you both agree to it, lock it in. He has no further adjustments until next June. That's a lot of time to price. You could do that to any month, you know, and even if you don't go that route, still having a conversation, you explain, well, here's what the adjustments would be today. Mm-hmm. The subject changes, what it could be. Are you comfortable doing this? And eight, seven or eight times out of 10, probably, if you go through this type of discussion, as a buyer with your farmers, they're probably just going to either do cash or MPC and be done with it. Yeah. And originators, hear me when I tell you that you have to get out there. You have to have these conversations because it's, it is newer to people than you think. And maybe you've been doing this 15 years, 25 years, 35 years. I don't know, but you know very well that a lot of your farmers have not been doing it that long. And what, years back it was really popular to do basis contracts because all these guys had marketing advisors or they read some newsletter and basis was higher than traditional levels of harvest so everybody was doing basis contracts and maybe they'd never even done them before and they're like hey this is cool one basis was high maybe they came out all right on it and there was no fees to it and they were able to wait to to wait to price so they're like this is great you can't do those in every environment and come out okay. And this, where we have big carries, is one of those environments where you don't come out okay. And so guys may just think, you know, hey, this works fine, and I'll just keep doing that. And then, ah, crap, you guys, you elevators, and the elevators cut, you know, taking it all the time. So that's no fun. And, you know, in, at least in the eastern Corn Belt this year, that's going to happen. You're going to have abnormally high bases going into harvest. Uh, and the guys in the far east, south, southeastern, have already already have seen that this year, and it's going to continue. I mean, pretty well. You could almost say anywhere east of the Mississippi this year is going to have that. <clears throat> so this is a very good talking point to have before harvest. Again, there is no such thing as a free marketing alternative after that bushel of grain's been combined and it's hits the bin. There's no such thing as free. And I think it's good also to point out cash contracts, MPC contracts, basis contracts. Those apply to grain on on farm storage as well. Now, if you can charge a farmer to store his own grain, hat tip to you, sir. Uh, But those other three MPCs, minimum price, that for sure goes again. Any delivery period, any in any place that bushel setting that can happen. So, um, put some thought into it. Yeah, and and you know we've said it before, but general rule of thumb on contracts is there's no premium without a risk exchange, right? So if if you're paying something like in the in the form of minimum price contract, you're paying to delay pricing and you're paying to have a floor 
and and maybe more. You you pay for that, and then there are other contracts that like premium offers and accumulator and stuff. They pay you a premium, but you're accepting some risks. Know what that is, uh, of of course. But I, the reason I say all that is NPE storage. That is a those are the craziest contracts in terms of you pay for and you don't get any risk protection from any risk for that all you get you get more time you pay for time but you don't get any ri- the nothing's bottoms not picked on anything yeah usually when you pay a premium you get to you know mitigate some risk you don't lay off any risk so those 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 contracts are you pay a premium and then you could still even after paying all those fees take a less per, lesser price than you started with uh, so it's not a it's not an ideal contract well i think that uh we are far from having talked about every nuance here but uh, again that wasn't necessarily the goal but well i had to do i had to do all my research for this episode randy was supposed to fax it to me last night so i could i could look over it and here we are i i i did this all myself Anyways, the fax machine obviously is having issues. There's no issues at my house. I was getting all sorts of offers for life insurance and free cruises uh, last night. No problem, but nothing from Randy. Those, too bad they didn't. Someone didn't send you like one of those free uh, small business loan things before you had to buy a new air conditioner. That might have worked. I'm out telling really good. you what. Jeez Louise. Well, I'm still waiting on my my uh, my host hosting check to come in, and then I'll I'm sure that'll that'll work. Randy said after he's done with his Miley Cyrus video marathon, he was going to get on that. So we may be waiting a while. As always, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to The Elevator's Cut. We appreciate it. Give us feedback. Talk to us on Twitter. Give us a call. Use snail mail if you would like. We have an address. I'm not sure what it is. We're in Kansas City. Just the postman will know. Just send it there. Just sh- or you could just show up. Apparently, don't fax us anything because Randy's broken it, I guess. Yeah, he jiggled the plug or something. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Like us. Subscribe to us. Share us with your friends. The, the word of mouth has been great. We're, we're uh, continually surprised by the people reaching out on social media that some of them aren't even in ag. Or this country. Or this country. Like, hey, we really like this. And it's not attached with, oh, also, I would like you to take some gold for me while I'm in jail. You know, that's not even part of it. This is legit. Like, hey, I like your podcast. It's interesting stuff. So that's really cool, you know, because this is a pretty esoteric thing we've got just for, quote, unquote, our tribe. But uh, anyway, spread the word. It's fun. Yeah, you you spread the word and we'll uh, shout you out on the podcast. Uh, and time to time. one of these days, we might even have swag to give away. We're working on that. That's right. So for Jason, I'm Roger. And for Roger, I'm Jason. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Out. Out.